0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Need to hire? You need Indeed. Who are the other potential stars at quarterback in the incoming rookie class? Can it be Anthony Richardson or Will Levis? We'll find out. On RotoViz Radio. What's
2: up, RotoViz?
1: Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. Curtis is laughing. Because uh, I almost forgot, there I was supposed to do that piece. Because we've been kind of switching roles here and there. How you doing, Curtis?
3: Doing good, man. Um, excited to pick the the rookie conversation back up this week. Uh, still kind of, you know, whole team's immersed in in, in rookie research and you're know, putting together the the 2023 uh, Rotoviz Fantasy Football Rookie Draft Guide, which is going to drop, you know, next week. It's hard to believe. Uh, volume one is almost upon us. So it's going to be great to continue, you know, talking about the quarterback position on the podcast tonight. We're going to sum that up this week and start getting into some of the running backs on the pod too, which will be really exciting. And you know, I, I think, you know, it's it's obviously it's it's great to talk about, you know, the obvious top of any class. But you know, I I find you know playing dynasty in particular, if if you can find some level of conviction,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know, on on players that are down toward the bottom of round one, even all the way through middle of round three, that's really where you can more freely move around in your rookie drafts. It's where some trades can be made. Is it worth trading next year's one for this year's high two to to select a player that's still there on the board? That type of thing. That's where it's really just so important uh, to make sure that you feel you know comfortable uh, with the prospects in the class. And so that that that's really the value of of this pod series that we'll be doing over the course of the next month. And uh, yeah, it continues with the, the tier two quarterbacks this year, Dave.
1: Yeah. And the name we're going to start with, I think it's going to be really interesting to see where people fall out on him. And I'm going to hit a drop and we'll find out who that is. All right. So it is Anthony Richardson, a quarterback out of Florida, big, strong athletic player, stands 6 foot 4 weighs 232 pounds uh became Florida's starter uh in his sophomore year played 3 years um will be entering the draft having played his junior season at 21.6 so limited action as a freshman comes in as the starter in 2021 seven games, completes 59% of his passes, six passing touchdowns, five interceptions, 6.3 or excuse me 6.63 adjusted passing yards per attempt, follows that season up with a 12 game 2022, completes 54% of his passes, but does put up 7.6 adjusted pass yards per attempt, just 17 touchdowns passing nine interceptions. But I think that uh, what has people more interested than those numbers is what we could see for rushing production out of a player like this as a junior, 103 rushing attempts, 654 yards, nine rushing touchdowns on his career averages, 6.9 rushing yards per carry. So Curtis, we're really looking at a prospect here where I do think that if you're gonna buy into him, you have to take a little bit of a leap of faith of projecting things forward, hoping there can be some improvement as a passer, and that you really are gonna realize some of that rushing production, that athleticism that's helping Tim to draw in some hype.
3: Yeah. Um yeah, Richardson is he's a conundrum, man, because you never the, the fact that we saw, you know, small school. Uh, small school guys like, you know, Josh Allen and Carson Wentz come in and hit. The fact that we saw Trey Lance with his, you know, limited uh, college uh, experience go so high in the first round. You, you can't just totally write off players for lack of experience yeah. only. And we have to be a little bit more open minded to the idea that, you know, maybe a coach can design a system that, that will help a guy as raw as Anthony Richardson succeed um, early in the NFL and stick. But man, there's a lot of projection that goes in here. And, you know, Richardson, you start looking at a, you know, a guy like this. I mean, he basically, you know, he basically has like 15 games that he played a lot of quarterback in.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So,
3: you know, it is, you know, it's difficult. Um, and he didn't he, really he, do
1: very much in those games, if we're being honest, yeah,
3: right? He, he really, I mean, he had, you know, he had some spots, you know. Um, you, you really can't look too much at the sophomore uh, season. He burst on the, the scene with, you know, a couple weeks uh, in September where he, you know, rushed for over 100 yards and a touchdown, had some big runs against Florida Atlantic and South uh, South Florida. Didn't play much quarterback until a couple weeks weeks in October, you know, where he, he lost to LSU um, and lost to Georgia, you know, two pretty tough matchups for a guy, you know, playing his most expanded quarterback uh, uh, role, but, you know, through four picks in those two games, you know, completed, you know, less than 55% of his passes didn't rush the ball particularly well compared to what he did against the Patsies. And then, you know, then you have the 2022 season and, I mean, he only completed 54.7 of his passes. Uh, you know, he did not even have a two to one touchdown to interception ratio is a pretty big warning sign. Uh, started off the year really, really upside down there. Actually, yes. uh, I don't think he even got ahead <laughs> in the touchdown <laughs> category until week eight. Um, and, you know, for all the rushing production that he had this year, and he did have over uh, uh uh, he had 654 I'm a, I'm a, yards. Yeah, yeah. And he had 654 yards. Games. He had 1,100 for his, his career. But, I mean, he only had you know, two games with over 100 yards. He he just rushed for a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. And so, you know, we just got to be careful. You know, we just we just missed big time on a player that actually had a lot more college experience and a lot of his appeal was in the, the rushing game just last year Malik Willis. Yep. You know, Malik Willis Absolutely. goes to to Tennessee. And I mean, he, he had a shot, you know, this year and, you know, it showed that, you know, he was really raw, you know, he's not ready needs more seasoning. He, he also, I know people are, you know, maybe a little foggy on that profile. He did start at Auburn. He was highly recruited at high school. He he made that transfer decision to Liberty to get the experience. But I mean, Malik Willis was much more developed as a passer coming into the NFL than Anthony Richardson uh, will be, you know, despite that, you know, he's projected as a day one draft pick. You know, he's one of those guys that's going to be eye of the beholder situation It only takes one out of 32 teams willing to, you know, draft him and stash him. Um, but I don't even feel as good about him as I did about Trey Lance. And Trey Lance's level of competition was far, you know, far inferior. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we got to take that with a grain of salt. Now, you know, granted, you know, if, if he got in a system like, I don't know, Atlanta or if you got got somewhere where they're going to run the ball a lot and they're not going to ask the quarterback to throw for 250 yards a week and they don't have a big banger at running back that, you know, has a lot of wiggle and he can take all the Josh Allen, you know, rush attempts from inside the five, you know, that type of system, you know, he could be pretty productive, but I I just feel like he's going to be overdrafted and super flex, and I'm 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 really uncomfortable with him. So let's talk a little bit about what the rotoviz tools uh, think. You know, you ran down some of his production. I've kind of laid out some of my hesitation on on the rawness of his prospect profile. Let's just go to the box score scout and see if it can help us here, Dave. So, uh, you know, assuming draft or assuming round one capital, um, which is I, I think a really safe bet at this point.
1: Which feels absurd gonna, to me, yeah, he, but,
3: but he's going to, yep. he's going to be so good in the underwear Olympics. Right. So, oh my gosh. you know, I, yep. you know, it's, you know, I mean, we've seen, we've seen Zach Wilson, you know, the fade away to his left thrown at 65 yards, whatever. I mean, Richardson's yep. going to be able to do that stuff. And so, um, jo- Josh Allen is his top sim. Yep. So, so that's automatically, that's a problem. And, you know, that's a, that's a real problem with all of my uh, nay saying on this, on this profile, because you know, when Josh Allen is your closest match, that automatically means we can't just totally discount him, Right. Sure. Yep. And so, uh, we go down the list and we start to see some of the problems though. So then we get into Blaine Gabbert, Daniel Jones, Christian Ponder, and Jake Locker. So we basically have three just complete utter whiffs that amounted to nothing. And then we have Josh Allen, which would be obviously a dream scenario for any any prospect. And then Daniel Jones, who hasn't really returned the value yet, but looks like he is probably going to be a you know he's going to get a second contract uh, worth of starts. And so yep. you know at that point he becomes not a wasted pick in superflex. So you know I I, I think this this mix of Sims is probably. You know, it, it, it's reflective of my skepticism. You know, and, and it means that we've got to leave the light on for him. But I just don't. You don't want to be the person that that overdrafts him. Uh, he, I think, Dave, that he belongs at the top around two. He's like the ultimate luxury pick in super flex. I mean, a hit on him versus a hit on you know a tier two B or a tier three wide receiver, or running back, or something like that. Obviously, you know. The, the upside at that point is asymmetric in favor of the quarterback. So that's where you'd want to go. But I just feel like in most super flex drafts, there's going to be somebody willing to take him at like, you know, one Oh seven or one Oh eight or something like that. And I, I just can't advocate for it, man. Um, where, where are you at with Richardson?
1: I'm very low on Richardson. Uh, it just really goes back to if you look at the actual production that he put up as a passer, how, historically low that is for players that are being considered uh you know in this range where he is and i could maybe get past that a little bit but even the hopes of him having this you know rushing production or being able to uh get incorporated into an nfl scheme with that is a bit of a leap because honestly you see Like, part of it is he's this big, physical, imposing guy. Look at what he should be able to do. Well, all right, Bryce Young, small guy, but was doing way more in college, right? And the thing is, Florida, you could kind of tell if you watch some of their games, they acknowledged it, right? They oftentimes ran schemes and had game plans where they were being worked around Richardson trying to utilize you know his skills outside of being a passer and do the game plans around that. And we still didn't get very impressive production. So it just seems to me like this is a player that's very unlikely to be able to hit on any level in the NFL. Like you said, of course I could be wrong, but I think really what you need is for him to be as effective of a rusher as we saw in some seasons with Cam Newton, right? Where he was punching in everything from the goal line you know, an absolute monster that teams couldn't take down odds that he are Cam Newton, not in his favor. When you think about what he was able to do in college and what players like Cam were.
3: Yeah. I I think it's interesting that you bring up um, Cam Newton because Cam, Cam was also a one-year starter, man, you know, and he, you know, this was back when, when you had to sit a year uh, when you transfer, you know, he started at Florida. So, you know, there's some, I think there's some going to be some temptation from a lot of pundits to, to make that connection. Yep. Um, but, you know, he transfers from Florida. Then he gets the year to sit out and get seasoned. And, that you know, that probably helped. You know, so he was a fourth-year junior in 2010 at Auburn, only had the one year starting. But, I mean, he completed 66% of his passes. And he right. had a 30-7 to yep. touchdown-to-interception ratio. 11 and
1: yards, just, adjust, uh, you know, pa- adjusted passing yards attempt. Huge yes, chasm So there. as a
3: passer, you know, he was far superior to yep. what we saw from Richardson. And then also cam, I mean, Oh my gosh, I mean, Dave, he had 264 <laughs> rushing attempts. Yeah. You know, he had 1400 yards and 20 rushing touchdowns. Oh my I mean, gosh. he was one of the most pro- productive yep. rushers, you know, even absent all of the, you know, this is just a totally, you know, if if you want to draw the comparison just because of the size and like, you know, maybe some of the raw athleticism, I mean, whatever. Uh, and, and the, the Jersey color, you know, from their initial college it recruited him, But, this is, you know, it's it's like D minus Cam Newton based off of what we've seen so far. So anyway, Anthony Richardson, you know, five percent scenario that he becomes, you know, a Konami code all star um in the NFL uh for at least one season. But I think it's it's very likely that he never even starts a full season.
1: I'm almost um, ready here NFL. to Sorry, I'm almost ready here to go on a diatribe about how when you consider him to somebody like Jordan Travis, how far of a distance there is. And I can guarantee you we're not going to see people talking about Jordan Travis in nearly the same vein that they are Richardson. Um, but if you, you know... Ah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop there before I get too fired up. But, I, I, yeah, I'm not digging it.
3: Okay, so... More, more on Richardson uh, in the guide. I think we've covered... You know he's a boom bust guy, right? Yep. And, he's, he, yep, get and, and he's he's probably a bust boom. I mean, I'd re- maybe we'll switch yes. where the hyphen goes. He's bust <laughs> yeah. boom. Yeah. All right. All right. Let, let's move. Let's move on. Uh, uh, hit, hit a soundbite and let's let's get this this other guy.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed.
2: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
1: I cut it short this evening. It felt good as a one hitter. (laughs) All right. All right. Um, I guess that puts me up here as I try to get the soundboard back. All right. Next player we're going to be talking about is Will Levis, who started his career at Penn State, transferred to Kentucky for his junior and senior seasons. We see some better numbers from Levis um, at Penn State. He played in 14 games in that time, completed around 60% of his passes, but did not see substantial production, only 47 attempts and 55, uh, 47 as a freshman, 55 as a sophomore transfers to Kentucky. That's where we get to see what he can really do Uh, as a junior completed 66% of his 351 attempts. Around 7.7 adjusted yards per pass attempt, but a 23 to 13 touchdown interception rate. Then as a senior, complete 65% of his passes, uh, puts up 2,406 yards in 11 games, 19 touchdowns to 10 interceptions and 8.25 adjusted passing yards per attempt as a rusher, does record 17 rushing attempts, Curtis, but finishes with just 2.42 yards per carry, but still good enough for 312 rushing attempts and 756 rushing yards, actually scored nine rushing touchdowns as a junior. So, you know these aren't these absolutely gaudy numbers like we saw when we looked at Stroud and Young, uh, but significantly more production here for him than what we saw with Richardson.
3: Yeah, that's that's a good lead-in. I, I think Levis doesn't offer the same. I mean, he doesn't offer the same rushing upside as a player like Richardson. If, if Richardson right. could figure out how to play quarterback well enough to to start um, in the long run, but but Levis did show some improvement as a passer. Um, over the course of his career, I mean, he, you know, he, he completed 65% of his passes. Um, you know, there, there's some stuff there. Now, a lot of guys that are film, you know, film heavy in their, yeah. their uh, analysis and, and even somebody who, you know, former his um rookie draft guide uh, 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 participant, Travis May. Who uh, was our Devi guy for several years here? I mean, he like hates Levis, like yeah. just hate, yep. hates him. <laughs> just <laughs> it is just railing on Levis, and I'm like, I don't want to get into this uh, dialogue about it, but it, it's way easier for me to to think that you know Levis could be like, you know, a middling QB two, um, than you know than it is that Richardson would even become a multi year starter. So, so I think, you know, Levis is, uh, well, he's way more attractive to me in super uh, flex drafts. I think, you know, you're going to be in a spot where you're gonna have to, you know, basically choose between him and, you know, like your, your wide receiver three or your RB three, probably like, yeah. I think people will take Levis in the middle of the first round. And so, so that's where, you know, you get into some real business decision type of stuff. And so, you know, let's, let's consult the box score scout for maybe what some of his Sims look like see if if that QB two uh, range that I put on him for fantasy purposes makes a lot of sense. And then, you know, I, I want to talk about one of the Sims uh, a little bit in an expanded manner, because I think it's a great, it's a, it's a great comparison. So, so then, Oh, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, I didn't know if you had that looked up, but what I wanted to I mention do. was, you know, so we see some classes where there's a lot of guys that have these really good profiles. And I just wanted to point out Sam Howell, a player we ended up slipping pretty far in last year's draft If you look at the type of production that he had, uh, just for example here, right, his sophomore season, 68% completion rate, 11.12 adjusted passing yards per attempt, a 30 passing touchdown to seven passing interception ratio, added five scores on the ground, actually at 11 um, as a senior. So I just kind of want to give a reference point of what this class might look like in comparison to others, which I think we, you know, we'll probably get to, uh, but while that was fresh on my mind, I wanted to drop that out there.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, how shouldn't have lasted as long as he did, but you know, how was also an ACC quarterback and he was only six one. Um, yep. those are both pretty big dings compared, you know, Levis is coming in at six, three, you know, 15 to 20 pounds heavier, probably than Howell. Uh, and and you know he played in the SEC. I mean, those are all things that are gonna they're yep. gonna matter. Yep. Um. Despite you know how's talents in a vacuum. Okay. So box scores, Scout Sims for Will Levis. Uh, the number one match is Ryan Tannehill, followed by EJ Manuel. We pull in Christian Ponder here again. Um. Man, I, his name hasn't been mentioned twice in a podcast in ages. Uh, but then we also get Mark Sanchez and Andy Dalton. Okay. So to me, this this is a much yep. Definitely. This is a much safer list of guys. Like if you're gonna consider investing a mid to, to late first round super flex, you know, pick on a quarterback. I mean, I can get behind this. Like you got three guys that were multiple year starters and two that were fantasy QB ones um at least once and multiple times if you if you consider you know per game averages. Yeah. So and, and yep. Tannehill and Dalton. So this is you know, this is a, a pretty interesting group and you got, got everything from Sanchez that was basically like, you know, I don't know. He had one or two years where maybe he was slightly above replacement level. And then, you know, he was draftable and others. And then, you know, Dalton and Tannehill who were, you know, very, uh, very nice assets for, you know, quite some time. I want to focus in on the Tannehill thing here because, you know, when when uh, Levis broke into college football at Penn State, you know, he wasn't really doing as much from a a passing perspective as a freshman or sophomore, but he was getting a lot of touches in games as a rusher. Like there, there were packages for him. I mean, even as a freshman and sophomore, I mean, he only attempted uh, 102 passes those two years, but he attempted 133 rushes. So, you know, he, he was getting on the field. They, the coaches saw something with his talent. They were trying to get him on the field, even though he wasn't there as a passer. He did have six rushing touchdowns his first two years, And and then we get the transfer. So, you know, with Tannehill, he actually converted from wide receiver um, after uh, his first year at Texas A&M and then went back to quarterback. And so it's obviously not the same type of thing. But what I'm trying to highlight here is that Levis was athletic enough that the coaches wanted him on the field early. And, you know, Tannehill was athletic enough to not even play quarterback but play wide receiver. Um, They're not going to have, you know – Totally interchangeable athletic measurables, I wouldn't think, um, but but I do think that you know that's an interesting parallel. But then when you really look at their their production as a passer, it's almost identical, man. Um, you know, two two years starting for each of them. Uh, Levis sixty four point nine percent completion rate, Tannehill sixty two point five. Levis fifty eight seventy six passing yards, Tannehill fifty four fifty, and then Levis had a forty six twenty five touchdown interception uh ratio and and uh Tannehill was 42 21 so I mean it's really really similar they obviously came up in slightly different eras is about you know a decade older um at this point but you know Tannehill was kind of like you know he he was definitely a by many considered to be a reach you know yeah. going into yep. the early parts of the first round like what are what are the Dolphins doing here um, and I, I think Levis will go early and we'll have some people asking some of those same types of questions, but, you know, I I like that we have some of this other athletic, you know, find a way onto the field stuff in the profile for Levis. I think that's important. You know, when we look at running backs and wide receivers, we're often looking at, you know, do they have any special teams production? Do they have punt yeah. return ability, kick return ability? Those are things that can get you on the field early. If you need like a tiebreaker, you know, if Levis lands with the team that just has like a boring retread veteran there. Like if he's athletic enough to move the offense in practice, to move the offense in the, in the preseason, you know, that that's going to matter. And then when he does get the starting position, eventually he's got kind of like the Andrew luck, Dak Prescott level of rushing ability to, to not really be a Konami code like fantasy season breaker, but he's going to rush for enough, enough touchdowns and, and, and probably give you 15 to 20 yards on the ground a week. I mean, that's, that's the difference between, you know, a high end QB three and, you know, a mid to high end QB two when, when you have that baseline. So I am much more comfortable with Levis than Richardson in this tier. Um, And uh, I I think Levis probably has a slightly higher ceiling because of his demonstrated abilities of passer. And I think he certainly has a higher floor. So, you know, forced to go head to head, I'm definitely going to go Levis and Levis is the only one I would consider drafting in the first round. Um, that's, that's, that's my analysis at this point in the process.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, there's definitely many more scenarios you can imagine in your mind where we see a player like Levis, Work his way into a starting role somewhere, have some level of production, and especially in Superflex, be a player that you could actually be starting. Um, As I mentioned, some of those numbers from Howell earlier, I think what I was trying to really get at there was we have a pretty big delineation, at least in my mind, uh, between the players that we'd have in the first tier and the second tier of our quarterback rankings this year compared to what we would have had in years past. Uh, But Levis, or sorry, excuse me, Levis does look like a player that I think you're right with where you kind of conceptualized considering going after him. Um, You know, what's really I think going to swing a lot of that is when we start digging into some of those running backs that are a little bit lower down on the list, some of the wide receivers perhaps that don't have that name recognition yet. But when we start actually working our way through fully understanding them and talking about them, seeing if there's any way that some of those guys could kind of sneak ahead and push some of these quarterbacks that aren't Strouder or young uh, down a little bit.
3: Uh, I guess I want to respond to the question about like how this class compares to last year. Yeah. Uh, quarterback. Yep. I mean, this class is, I mean, it's far, it's, it's far superior, man. It's really, far superior. Yeah. I mean, last year, uh, Kenny Pickett, was the, was the cream of the crop. And I mean, you know, he was an old quarterback that lasted until the 20th pick of the first round. Yeah. I mean, so, so like, I would say, even if this, I I think this class is like last year. If you took Stroud and Young out, yeah, like you know, you took that out, then we're kind of looking at the same type of scenario here, because um, we've got four more. Actually, I want to add a fifth, Dave. Um, probably a fifth guy in the next episode, and and maybe sneak in one extra profile in that I'm thinking that, you know, maybe we, we probably shouldn't omit at this point, but you know, the rest of that class year class last year, I mean, Malik Willis, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral, uh, Chris uh, Oladokun and uh, Bailey Zappi, Brock Purdy, Skylar Thompson. I mean, you know, Purdy obviously, you know, now looks like, you know, he was a a pretty good value and, you know, proved he could distribute, but the rest of this, Rest of that class just like it's puke, man. It's just absolute puke. So, yeah, I think I was yeah, thinking back different. two
1: years. I was think I was thinking back two years perhaps. Oh, I'm even trying to remember who was in that class, but I don't know. Me, I guess overall let, to let I, you tell I you. yeah, let, let me, let why me, why me just you. tell
3: you <laughs> um, because I've got it right here. That class was Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Davis Mills, Justin Fields. Uh, you know, that class uh, at even as a, uh, a group of prospects, you know, probably stronger. We would have been talking about yep. Lawrence and Fields just as excited as we are talking about Stroud yeah. and Young, yeah. you know, this year. But, you know, I think the quality that that we saw with Mac Jones um, outweighs, you know, the QB three. Right. Because
1: Jones numbers, if you, when you compare them to other players, I mean, they were pretty solid, which, you know, you kind of expect from a player that was playing with that Alabama team. Uh, but it certainly, you know, gave a little bit more confidence than you saw with the guys that we had in last year's class.
3: And then, and then at the time, I mean, there was more excitement about Zach Wilson than there is for Levis or Richardson. So I mean that, that class, you know, from a super flex value perspective, you know, that was a different, you know, that was a different scenario, but this class definitely better than 2022, um, you know, at the top for sure. So we'll get, you know, we've got some other guys that I think are pretty interesting. And, you know, every year it just seems like there's a player drafted a little bit lower down that ends up being fantasy relevant, ends up being dynasty relevant. Go Even going back to that 2021 class, Dave, did anybody think Davis Mills was going to get big run for two consecutive seasons as a, a, a <laughs> starting quarterback? No, but he did. Yeah. And, you know, taking players like that, you know, in the third round of a super flex league, I mean, that, that counts. You know, it counts for something, especially with, you know, the popularity of dynasty, uh, super flex best ball. Now, you know, that that's, you know, totally changes how you approach the position. And, you know, of course this year, you know, we had Purdy, you know, so the next episode, we're going to talk, you know, we're going to talk Tanner McKee. We're going to talk Bo Nix, talk a little bit of Max Dugan, Hendon Hooker, maybe some Stetson Bennett. You know, we've got some guys that we need to to hit here. There's some fun stuff
1: in there too. Yeah, there 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 really is. is, Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, so stay tuned. We're going to be back in a couple of days. We're going to cut that up. And then Dave, you just got to tease at the end of the episode here. If people haven't grabbed the rookie guide in pre-sale yet, they're gonna to want to do that. We're having our we're having our rookie ranking summit uh, this Saturday night. I can't wait. It's gonna be so fun. Uh, we're gonna set in the rankings. We're gonna set in the tiers, yep. and uh, you know, do kind of a, a final pass on the guide before it drops. So uh, make sure you go to rotaviz.com click on 2023 rookie guide at the top of the page, all the, the instructions to buy and, and how to download, et cetera. Uh, when it drops that's right there, all three copies for 20 bucks. It's a great deal. And uh, it's, you know, if I don't say so myself, it's, it's a bit visually stunning this year. Pretty oh happy my with gosh. It, so. it looks, it <laughs> looks
1: fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And I was looking at some wide receivers before we started recording here. You're going to, you're going to want the guide just to get excited when you start reading about some of these receivers. I can't wait to talk about them. I can't wait to see the final products of these receivers on the pages too. As, uh, you know I think oh, that yeah. might be the, yeah. the last sections we get through. So we're excited. I I really can't wait. Saturday is going to be fun. I can't wait to get this out there so people can see. It is my favorite layout. Not that the other years weren't good, Curtis, but the layout this year is just really sick. I love it. So All on right. that note, we will be back. Go get that presale. sale Thank you for listening to the Roto-Viz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at CabinF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.